This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for another round of The Main Ingredient. We all value our time at the grocery store more than ever right now and appreciate those that are working there during this time. Well, that food comes from somewhere. What about the farmers? How has their business model changed during the COVID crisis? And most of all, are you lining up at the store to purchase items you could get directly from the farm? Fresh? Organic? And without a lineup while supporting the local Manitoba economy? Rudy from Watersong Farms in Warren, Manitoba, and Stefan from Blue Lagoon Organics in St. Francis, Xavier, and Dustin from Loaf and Honey are three guys that can really fill us in. All right, Rudy, you know, we're going to start with you. Welcome to the main ingredient. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. You are from Water Song Farms, and you're you're not far from me. You're you're in Warren, Manitoba. Correct. Yeah, we're just uh, west of uh, Stonewall, about eleven kilometers. Okay, cool. Um, let's talk about the history of Water Song Farms. Uh, well, it goes back to uh, 2003. My wife Leslie and I came here, took over the farm from her parents, uh, Chris and Helen Rudell. At that time, it was called Rudell's Roasters, uh, and they were. Their main part of their business was, um, well, they did two things. They were still doing crop land as well, uh, grain farming. But they, they had started a, uh, a direct farm uh, roasting ch- chicken business going all the way back to the 60s where they started uh, selling, uh, butch- raising and butchering chickens and selling them to friends and neighbors. And then that continued to grow and grow over the years. And they added on to their barn and the demand kept increasing. So they were outside of the marketing board um, and because they did the whole process to, to the point where they were doing up to 25,000 chickens a year. Wow. All direct sales all sold right off the farm. So um, they were looking to retire and we had, uh, we had been uh, running a Christmas tree farm before that. So when we moved here, we basically just took over the chicken business. We didn't carry on with the grain land. They, they kept their land and rented it out. So we did that for about, uh, I guess, uh, six ye- five or six years, and then we decided we also needed to diversify. Number of reasons we, uh, because of the unique nature of the way we were uh, raising chickens uh, out- outside of the supply management uh, area, that uh, we couldn't really grow the business anymore. It could had nowhere to go, and you know, we were looking up for opportunities for you know our kids to potentially get involved in, in the farm. So about 2008, we somehow this uh, whole thing, uh, issue about their project about raising fish indoors came about. Um, It was uh, really, it was an initiative of both the provincial and the federal governments at that time to set up a model farm across for Canada. There was originally supposed to be six. And as it happened, because of the downturn in the economy shortly after that, uh, they only went with the one. So we had had our funding already arranged for. So that's what led us into the fish operation. So now um, we've been doing that for, this is coming on to 10 years. Uh, we produce approximately 100 to 110 tons of uh, steelhead trout annually. Uh, anywhere, that's roughly 4,000, 3,500 to 4,000 pounds every week. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a fairly size operation. We're one of the uh, highest certified um, for uh, 
for sustainability in Canada. We have green rating. We're also OceanWise certified and Sea Choice Best are certified. So because of the nature of our business, we're, or the way we raise the fish is all uh, self-contained. It's, it's really, that's where um, most of the environmentalists and a lot of others are now pushing the, the industry to go to. Um, even on, in Canada, where uh, there's talk about closing the fish farms and the net pens on, on the West Coast and trying to move them on, onto land, which, of course, the people that have been doing it in the net pens for years are you know, somewhat reluctant to do because certainly it's, uh, it's, it's somewhat more restrictive and it's also uh, more expensive to do it on land than it is in ocean pens. So you guys weren't farmers before this? <laughs> Uh, we were, I grew up on, well, actually we both grew up on the, like I said, this was my wife's family farm. So I grew up on a farm, a dairy mixed farm. And then we were tree farmers for 10 years before we did this and landscapers. And so, uh, yeah, we were quite, we were familiar with, uh, we had helped do chickens here. So we were familiar with that part of the business before we came here, but we certainly weren't fish farmers and knew nothing about really about fish when we started that. Uh, part of so once we got into the fish, of course, and because it's such a new industry, uh, we had to kind of go along with, and build all the side industries because uh, we, we had fish and then we found out we were, there really wasn't a processor in, in, uh, in Manitoba that would, uh, we could use. So we ended up setting up our own uh, provincially licensed uh, processing facility uh, and then also a butcher shop. And then uh, just a few years ago, uh, we got licensed as a banquet kitchen, which is where uh, Dustin and Rachel are working out right now. Oh, good grief. Wow. Holy smokes. You guys have expanded quite a bit. Um, okay. So let's talk about the products you sell. Right. So we do, we're still doing the chickens, although we have uh, reduced the, the number we're doing because I think the trend before all this COVID started was, um, you know, we produce a large chicken anywhere from six to 10 pounds plus dress, like butchered weight, which is not something you typically would see in the stores. So they're, you know, what you would call a family or an event chicken, I guess, because it was, you know, you'd have that when you had a bunch of people over Um, or you had a big family. Well, families are getting smaller. And also people are just not used to this idea of stocking up or weren't anyway, as far as, you know, keeping a bunch of uh, chickens in the freezer because we would do them twice a year. And so, People would come and pick up 10 chickens, 20 chickens, sometimes even more than that, and take them home and keep them frozen and then uh, take them out and use them throughout the year. But with, you know, things changing over to more convenience uh, and the smaller families, we were starting to see that actually being reduced somewhat because people just didn't know what to do with this big chicken anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were actually regulated that that was in order to stay outside of the supply management uh, sector there that we had to produce that large chicken. So um, that was the way things were trending or it was somewhat down. Uh, now, of course, with this happening, uh, if we if we had the chickens now, we're, we're already sold out. We could have sold way more. For sure. So... But, uh, so that's, so on the chicken side, we really only sell the whole roasting chickens still. Um, and they're all direct sales. We, we actually do all the processing here too. So I forgot to mention that was another thing we set up was a processing facility for the chickens. Um, so, uh, all our customers come directly to the farm and pick up the chickens here fresh the day they're, they're done. Um, we just sometimes have some carryover, which we freeze, but otherwise it's all picked up fresh. On the um, on the fish side, we 
we primarily were a wholesaler. We sell to uh, uh, two distributors in Winnipeg, the two uh, secret distributors, Mariner Neptune and Independent Fish. Um, but we also have, uh, so we do all the primary processing here, which is gutting the fish. Um, then it goes to them and then they do uh, secondary processing, turning them into fillets, basically. We do some of that on the farm as well. And then our, for our the stuff that we keep for our own customers and to sell in our own little retail area is all frozen products. So we do vacuum packed, uh, fresh boneless fillets. We also do smoked fillets and we do, uh, candy trout and some fish jerky, some trout burgers. And then we do other, other sausages at, uh, as well in, in the butcher shop, but primarily we are we're, we're focusing more on the, on the, on the fish and chicken side of it. Dustin from Loaf and Honey, you definitely look like you have something to say. The, the fish, the, the candied fish is like fish crack. You once you start, it's <laughs> like it, it, once you start trying it, it's great. People just dive right into it. You'll eat a whole bag in like two seconds. Thanks for that term, by the way. Fish crack. That's, uh, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, fish crack. <laughs> <laughs> Time to squeeze in a few commercials along with the weather, and then back with farmer number two. Stefan from Blue Lagoon Organics in St. Francis Xavier. He's going to talk about their fresh organic produce and all the things they sell. Be right back. Welcome back for more main ingredients. And today's show is about local farmers and the products you may not know you can buy directly from them. It's also about how they've had to change their business model due to the COVID-19 crisis. Last segment, I spoke to Rudy from Watersong Farms, and right now we are talking to Stefan from Blue Lagoon Organics. You guys specialize in certified products, right? In certified organic products. Right. Uh, yeah, so we've been certified since, um, I guess, about 2001. And uh, it originally started as, uh, it's my grandparents' farm, and uh, we were looking to, uh, they were looking for a succession plan, and so... They had approached my dad, who is running a bit of a soil and gravel business off the property as well. And then my mom was a school teacher. And um, so they had talked about buying the farm. And then my mom was, uh, after she retired, would do like wildflowers and herbs and stuff. And that's what she was thinking of. And so, uh, yeah, 2001, I was, um, I had a food truck. So I would do, um, I would do that in the summer. And then I'd work in restaurants in the winter. So what was the name of your food truck? uh, it was Stuffy's Progy Kitchen. Oh, okay. uh, I ran right. it from 96 until about uh, 2015. Yeah. I'm just curious because I and, live in uh, food trucks. That's why I asked. Yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, so, yeah, I've always been in food. Like, that's always been my thing. But uh, the growing side was always a bit of a mystery to me. And uh, I guess it was like 2004. Um, they were going to Italy in the fall. And they had started into more vegetables. Um not a lot, but, you know, maybe like 20 different things. And so there were some crops that were finishing up in October. And so I, uh, I was just asked to go. We didn't have livestock at that point. They just, I needed to go and uh, check their house and feed the cats and, and just check the emails back then. And there was a couple stores they were selling to, Organza at the time, Organic Planet, some of the smaller uh, organic grocery stores. There was like, it was a late October. It was a nice, it was a nice October that year. And there was cauliflower and some of the things that were frost hardy that would have survived through. So um, that was my introduction of just sort of harvesting out of a garden. And I noticed how beautiful things were, the cauliflower, the cabbages when they were whole and um, 
so I got a little interested and in 2005, we built a, a winter greenhouse here at the farm. It's the Chinese uh, passive solar greenhouse with the big insulated north wall. Um, so we've got two of those now, about 2,000 square feet each. Um, and that's sort of where I got interested. I, I moved out to the farm in 2007, um, still operated the food truck and the restaurants. And then I would, uh, they started doing a CSA in 2006. And then uh, I got interested in doing farmer's markets. So started doing farmer's markets in 2007. Um, and then we were selling uh, direct to stores and, and uh, direct to customers as well through the farmer's markets and stuff. But um, got into St. Norbert in 2010. And then I think it was around 2014 or 15, they did a winter market. And then at that point, the, the business changed because in 2015, I was spending a lot of time in the summers. It was just crazy with working on the farm and then uh, doing restaurants and stuff. And I knew I had to give up one of the, one of the things. I couldn't keep that uh, going. So looked at how to make the farm more successful. And the summer revenue couldn't really, I don't know if we would, how I would have improved that much. But looking at like November through May, uh, there was zero revenue, like everything was just zero. So I thought, let's improve on that. So we started shifting to more uh, winter storage crops. Um, and then, yeah, with St. Norbert, started doing the winter market, uh, extended our CSA from typically ending in Thanksgiving to ending around Christmas. Um, so yeah, direct direct sales, everything is directly sold. Um Farmers markets for us is probably around sixty percent of the farm's revenue, um, and then CSA and, and wholesale kind of makes up the, the rest. And we do the portable pens, so it's an open pen. Uh, they're moved throughout uh, throughout the day. As they get older, they they might move multiple times a day. But we've got them into our crop rotation, so uh, we essentially feed the chickens uh, organic grains, uh, and they'll eat whatever pasture is is in that pen. And then we will plant. Uh, we'll plant there the following year. So it's kind of just, uh, we use them as a nutrient. Uh, they're, they're our fertilizing program, essentially. Let's switch gears here and talk to Dustin from Loaf and Honey Catering. Uh, Dustin, how did you meet these guys and start using their products? Um, Rudy, I grew up from in Woodland, so I knew about um, Redown Roosters when they were there. And then uh, we caught in touch with Rudy and Leslie five years ago. Um, I think to start doing events. So we did a big, we did a dinner out on the property, uh, the first year. Um, and then the second year we did a hundred person dinner in their field, um, a five course meal. We did a little farmer's market to start. So we were introducing some of the other farmers that are around. Um, so people can kind of see where meet the farmers that they were getting the food that was going to be on their plates. Um, so they could talk to them first and then they can have it down. And a lot of the farmers stayed and had dinner. Um, so it was just kind of a way to bridge that gap because there are a lot of the people that go to higher end dinners or stuff are not the same demographic that are going to farmer's market right. or, or meeting the farmers. So I wanted to kind of, me and Rachel wanted to bridge. So we got a lot of farmers talking to people that they wouldn't have talked to. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and then we've just kind of stayed in contact. We use their fish in a lot of dishes. Um, uh, we really like the clean, cleanly, clean, 
crisp flavor of it. Like it's it's got nothing. It's just fish. You're not getting like a fishy taste. It's it's super clean. The water's nice. So we kind of use it on a whole bunch of different ways. Um, and then yeah, we are now using their kitchen for our stuff. Um, Stefan, I think we met at a direct farms thing. Um, and then yeah, we pick up some stuff. He actually we live in St. Stash now, so he's a 10, 15 minute drive from us. So we pick up from him. Uh, it's great because he can kind of provide stuff year round, like he said. Um, so it, it, it really opens up kind of that local market a lot more. News, weather, and sports up at the bottom of the hour. And when we return with our conversation with Rudy from Watersong Farms, Stefan from Blue Lagoon Organics, and Dustin from Loaf and Honey Catering, we are going to talk about the challenges farmers are facing amidst this COVID-19 crisis. That's next here on The Main Ingredient. Thanks for sticking around for more Main Ingredient. Local farmers are still working hard to produce all the food you have on your table. So what new challenges has this COVID crisis presented for them? Stefan from Blue Lagoon Organics, Rudy from Watersong Farms are here today to talk more about that. Rudy, we'll start with you on what the biggest impact for you day to day is. Well, uh, as far as the social distancing part goes, that's not a a big deal as far as on the farm goes. Uh, We do have two full-time employees, so we have to kind of manage that. We try to um, uh, put them into the least amount of contact with anyone else that's coming to the farm. Not not a huge issue, but uh, one of our employees does have compromises, has asthma, so he has to be extra careful. Right. So, you know, we, we've made some adjustments where, you know, he is now basically only works in the uh, in the fish facility. Typically, he was also involved on the pro- in the processing side. So, you know, things like that. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, for us, though, was the impact on the market. And, and of course, it's all very much related to uh, Dustin's industry as well, because uh, even our through our distributors, about 50% of the fish that we would sell to, to them was going to the restaurant and food service industry. So, uh, of course, when, when that started to shut down, then that, uh, you know, our sales dropped by, you know, close to 50%. Mm-hmm. Some of it will start coming back on the retail side, uh, but even there, um, uh, most of our fish ends up in the in the, in the major retailers in, in fresh form. So basically, because we pro- harvest every week. Uh, so we harvest on Tuesdays and by Thursday, it's in the stores. Well, uh, because because I mean, these big retailers have been set up uh, as a just-in-time delivery. Basically, they don't want to. They don't want to have frozen, too much frozen product. They want to sell it all fresh because the next week they can uh, get some more in. Right. That now has been impacted as well because they, a lot of the grocery stores have closed their fresh counters and also their deli counters. So uh, we're not quite sure how that's going to happen. Although, uh, or what's going to happen with that? Although I think what's already starting to happen now is people are starting to. Uh, focus more on where that food is coming from. So we've always been in competition with uh, uh, the salmon market, basically. Uh, so salmon that is quite often comes into Canada cheaper than than we can produce it for. Um, you know, Norway and Chile and places like that, uh, and then also our own Canadian farm fish. But those um, those chains of, of kind of uh, 
been disrupted as well. A lot of countries are now holding their own uh, their own product for their own citizens. So I think we're we're going to have to start doing somewhat of the same thing, and people will be looking more for local product. Um, and in many cases, there's still a lot of people don't know we even exist. And part of that has to do with the, the retail sector. Maybe now they'll emphasize more about where they're getting the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, you know, we are our own retail sales through our store and uh, farmers markets has increased. Uh, and one of the reasons is because we sell all our product uh, back and packed and frozen. So, uh, again, you know, people were stocking up on uh, meat like crazy, but for fish, if they could go there and it was all fresh, people don't know what to do with fresh fish. They go, well, they say, I've got to use it up today or tomorrow, uh, so I'll only buy one. But if it was frozen and vacuum packed, they could they could buy as much as they liked and, and kept it frozen. The quality is just as good, if not better. I always say that our, our frozen fish is fresher than fresh because it gets frozen immediately after processing. So... It's, it's really this kind of real trickle-down uh, effect of, you know, what, what's impacting one of us is also impacting the rest of us. Uh, you know, it's, it's the same as, I, I, I know Stefan, uh, well, we are at the same farmer's market, you know, and so we, uh, he, same thing, a lot of his product will go to a, to a restaurant, so that, that avenue is now closed, so... Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how long this lasts to see how we can get through it because, because of course, in, in um, you know, in our case, we still have right now 55 tons of fish swimming around in our system and um, they just still have to be fed and looked after. And eventually they have to find a home because uh, they have, it's only can hold so much. Right. So, so that'll be the challenge um, for us to, you know, continue to also, you know, pay our suppliers because they still still have to purchase feed and pay for the hydro and everything else. Right. Okay, Stefan, Blue Lagoon Organics, let's talk about uh, how it's impacted your farm and how you do things. Um, <clears throat> well, as I had mentioned before, like a big portion of our, uh, our revenue is through farmers markets and direct right. marketing. That change was immediate, right? Well, yes and no, right? Like I am doing the St. Norbert farmers market. So I think like a month ago or like five weeks ago, it was pretty much a regular winter market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next week, there was uh, mitigation started. So it was like, you know, don't use tablecloths, bleach bucket, get a hand wash station, try to do a little bit of social distancing. Uh, so the table was set up a lot differently. It, there was a different feel, more spacing in the market. And then the last market I was at a week ago, I mean, it was, you know, so it was full on, just cleaning products, just food. Um I I finally got the the debit card, so I was not taking cash anymore. Uh, you know, one person at a time. Everybody's standing six feet apart, so you're trying to have conversations and uh, sort out what people want. Um, the produce is now behind me, so I get them to point, sort of tell me what they want. I'll bag it, and so it's um, the whole point of a farmers market really is to increase efficiency of getting customers and farmers together in the same place at the same time and just knock it out of the park and then move on and, and see in a week. Right. Um, that whole model clearly is going to change. Like St. Norbert's ability to attract 10,000 people will not be difficult to do, but will not be possible. So the entire thing is going to have to be looked at at how we're going to do this. Um, 
I'm also at the River Heights Farmers Market on Friday. It's a smaller market. I, I, I would tend to think that that one's not going to exist this summer, um, just because uh, it's a volunteer staff, and I don't know how that's all gonna. I don't know how that would all work out. But um, so I will probably be extending, if possible, the CSA program, which basically is almost the perfect model for a situation like this, where you buy a share. You get a box every week. Um, you, it's either dropped off at your house or it goes to a, a location where you go pick it up. It's got your name on it. You leave your empty box, bring your full one. Um, so we won't be going with reusable containers this year. We'll be going with um, one-way packaging, so just uh, cardboard boxes, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And um, we're not sure about pickup locations. So for me, the entire business is like up up in the air right now. And People are saying, are you doing the CSA? And, and I'm messaging back saying, I'm doing the CSA. I just don't know what it's going to look like yet. Um, it's kind of hard with things. So, things are changing so much all the time. You know, it's, it, yeah, during this process, it's hard for you that's to kind right. of iron out what you're doing, yeah. right? For sure. Um, and so for me, like, actually, my dad used to do the deliveries for the CSA. And uh, so he had a stroke back in February. And so he's totally out of the picture as of right now. So back in February, I was I was sending out messages telling people, I don't think we'll do the home delivery this year, but we'll do pickups at the farmer's markets. Whereas now I'm going back on that and saying, actually, there won't be a pickup at farmer's markets because I don't think they'll be there. But I think I'm going to have to figure out a way of doing home delivery. Right. Much more to talk about with my two guest Manitoba farmers, Rudy from Watersong Farms in Warren, Manitoba, and Stefan from Blue Lagoon Organics in St. Francis Xavier. Be right back after a pause. Hey everybody, welcome back to the final segment of The Main Ingredient. Rudy from Watersong Farms is here, along with Stefan from Blue Lagoon Organics, and also Dustin from Loaf & Honey, since he is such a loyal customer of these two Manitoba farmers. Stefan is going to continue talking about his challenges during the COVID-19 crisis. Um, and so we do uh, we do raise eggs as well, and so that usually goes into the CSA program. In the spring, I always have, um, you know, the, the girls are quite generous in the spring with eggs, so... Uh, I usually go on social media and just say, I'm doing an egg run, who wants eggs? And you just direct message and go that way. So that's been uh, the last month. It's actually been really great. People are adding, we have an apiary as well. So we do bees and we do honey and all that. So there's a lot of add-ons you can, you can add on to an egg order with vegetables and stuff. So about a year ago, we had started working on a new website with an online store. Um, because I will get a lot of people messaging me about what do you have? What could I get throughout the year? Right. And it's really hard for me to think about that moment, what I have, and then sending it all out. It's a lot of work. So directing them to an online store would be a lot better. So the timing is, is I guess, at this point now, I'm, I'm going to focus more on, I think, home delivery. Um, I've planned my year out of what I would have thought I would have been growing. Restaurants clearly are going to be out of the picture for a little while. So growing a lot of the, you know, the mescaline mixes and the cute little uh, patty pan vegetables and stuff, I think that that's probably not going to happen. I think I'm going to focus more on the home cook. Um, and I'm going to double down more on winter vegetables and hope that in the fall this looks differently. That being said, we usually grow around 50 turkeys for direct marketing as well for Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm not going to be doing turkeys this year just because I don't know what Thanksgiving will look like either. I don't think it will be very typical this fall either. Right. Uh, um, so, yeah, there, there's just a lot of uncertainty right now. And for me, I'm also wearing all the hats right now. Like, 
I'm at the farm by myself. So I'm running the greenhouses and the laying hens right now. I'm managing. Uh, I could be doing a lot more, I guess, if I had some more help. But um, I'm still trying to figure out what we're what we're going to be doing. So um, I was destined for a change in direction as to where this farm was going to be going. And this is now definitely expediting some of those, those changes. So possibly fewer crops. I think I'd like to grow as much, but just maybe fewer things. And plus the thing is too, this is not the type of thing where you can even put it down for a day. Like if you, if a farm doesn't operate for a few weeks, things just like you, it just can't like, can't believe how many things are intertwined. Like I need to have, I need to keep ordering chicken feed. I need to keep having, you know, I got to make hay in the summer. Like, so you have bales in the winter and you just have to keep, everything is this intertwined system. So, um, I did put in a whack of garlic. Like I planted about 20,000 garlic last fall. So that'll be the first crop to come up. That's not going to change. So I think this year I'm going to look at that crop and I'm going to build everything around it. Um, I'm going to put in a lot of potatoes. I already have the seed saved from last year. So that's going to go. Um, some of the seeds that I bought, I'm not going to start. Like I'm, I'm not going to be doing colored cauliflower and I'm not going to be doing a lot of the little stuff that I would typically sure. sell at a farmer's right, market. I just got to cut to the chase and uh, go with the bulk things. Yeah. Right. So it'll just be, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm really, uh, and we actually usually hire one person throughout the summer, maybe two. And then we rely on the, uh, the woofing program. So, uh, worldwide workers on organic farms. And, uh, so you'll get people from, all over the place. Like the farm doesn't allow me to travel, but I do get to travel the world through the people that come and we'll get them from Japan and Germany and France and Italy and uh, Australia and all over the place. And they'll come for two weeks. Um, and they'll always bring a perspective. It's great. Some of them have farm backgrounds. Some of them are completely new to it, but it's always very interesting working with, um, with all these different people. So that's certainly going to change this year as well. Um, so I think this year it'll it'll definitely be a, a labor issue for us of uh, figuring out, um, yeah, how to manage all that. Rudy from Watersong Farms, you look like you're chomping at the bit to weigh in here. What do you got to say? Stefan brought up a good point. In his case, he's a sole proprietor. And, and even in our case where we've got a couple of employees, but the, the, we have to also think about our own health. And if something happens to us, oh, yeah. um, you know, as a sole proprietor, who's looking after the business? Who continues to run it while while something happened while he's sick? Uh, I'm in this kind of in the same situation. Even with my two guys that run the fish farm, basically, uh, if something happens to them, I don't have a pool of uh, experienced people <laughs> to fill that void. Um, you know, it's not like there's a bunch of trained people. They they basically learned on the job, and it takes them a long time to uh, to learn it. So. Um, that's a big risk factor for uh, for smaller producers like us. Or uh, even though, uh, in many cases, yes, we are trying to shorten the chain, and that's an advantage to to the consumers. We feel because um, that's also impacting the big uh, the big guys out there. It's happening already. Uh, major processors are having to shut down plants, and so in that case, um, due to the either people don't want to work or, or, or get there's been cases and they have to shut down for sanitization. Um, but that that's impacting uh, the major industries too. Like there's milk being dumped. There's uh, places that aren't accepting hogs. The maple leaf, the poultry plant shut down in, uh, in Ontario. So uh, 
so when people are told that uh, they're you know they don't have to worry about that there's uh, about running out of food and particularly uh, animal protein i don't think that's really um we can't take that uh, uh you know they can't take it as, as given because that uh, there is uh, going to be disruption in the supply chain that's a place where you know smaller producers like us can hopefully step in provided we you know stay in business dustin from loaf and honey catering i know that you use a lot of their products and you are a big promoter of manitoba farming um what's your take on this like Stefan said and they're planting crops for the fall so it's tough to kind of I guess it, it was good that it happened when it did because it gives it gives small farms like Stefan a chance to change their crops now. Where if this happened in June, Stefan would have had all of his crops in and he would have had his 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 patty pans and stuff that most of the general public doesn't know what to do with or, or play with. So then he would have had a crop that he would have had to try to teach people how to use, which is great. But in times like this, we, you know, I think we got lucky here that, that we have the chance to, f- to get our food in the ground now to get us through to the winter. Because um, like, like, like Rudy said, the supply chain is going to slow down. I've talked to some wholesale people. Um, countries are, are, you know, realizing that we, you know, all of us stuff that we're exporting, maybe we should be keeping a little bit more back. Um, like, even the store shelves are going to look a lot different. So, um, you know, simplifying what we're putting in the ground and, and for us, what we're putting out, I think is what um, a lot of us have to kind of go back to a little bit more simpler, basic stuff. Um, you know, luxuries are good and, and great meals and stuff, but, you know, tight purse strings are going to get tight and a lot of other issues are, you know, simplicity is kind of going to be the name of the game for, for all of us. And, uh, and making sure that we're supporting other ones that are, you know, giving us the food down the street. Um, you know, if, if we can keep them afloat, then we're all going to have food in the wintertime. Um, yeah. We don't, if we're not supporting the, the small guys now, the big guys aren't able to, to turn on a dime. And, and even small farmers aren't able to turn their production on a dime. Small, especially like Stefan, who's got greenhouses and can get us different crops throughout the winter um we really need to be supporting them because they can be helping manitoba as a whole you know come six months from now right so you know i'm running out of time so let's in closing let's uh, can you all give your information on how you can be reached how people can actually get your products uh if need be it'd be really good for people especially in this time to know where you guys are and that you're out there let's start with we'll start with rudy yeah, they can go to our website. It's uh, watersongfarms.com or they can email us at info at watersongfarms.com. Okay, Stefan? Yeah, uh, bluelagoonorganics.ca. There's a website or I'm pretty active on Instagram as well. Yeah, I've seen your Instagram. It's pretty cool. And nice. Mr. Dustin from Loaf and Honey. Uh, yeah, we're, we're active on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Loaf and Honey. And then we've got a website, uh, loafandhoney.com. Uh, we're doing new menus all the time, so you can check on that. And then uh, for our catering, we've got one focusing on our meal prep. That's loafandhoneycatering at gmail.com. So. 
appreciate your time, guys. That's seriously some useful information, stuff that I'd never even, obviously, I'm not a farmer, so I wouldn't think of that, but it gives a good perspective on on how things on your end have changed and how consumers can actually maybe change their habits too. So I appreciate it. Remember those two names for fresh fish, chicken, and certified organic produce year-round. Watersong Farms in Warren, Manitoba, and Blue Lagoon Organic in St. Francis Xavier. And for great prepared food made with fresh local products dropped off at your door, loaf and honey catering. Thanks for tuning into the main ingredient today, everyone, and stay healthy and stay inside. Talk next week. This is 680 CJOB.